What's up everybody? My name is Julian Madrid and welcome to your next favorite podcast. You will love sports. Today we are going to speak about the National Football League's wildcard playoff weekend. So let's get started with the AFC wildcard game between the Tennessee Titans and the Kansas City Chiefs. A thrilling game to start the weekend. Huge comeback from the Titans in the second half to win it 22-21 against the Chiefs. I don't think anybody really expected that. But I'm going to explain why this happened. Each team dominated two quarters of the game. Kansas City had the control of the first two quarters and Tennessee owned the last two. So everybody thought, myself included, that it was going to be an easy win for the Chiefs. At first, it looked like it was going to be that way. Alex Smith was making great plays, getting help from his tight end, Travis Kelsey. And one of the best running backs this regular season, Kareem Hunt, who scored the first touchdown. Hunt is showing great potential. I'm really excited to see more from him the next season. Great defense from Kansas on the first half. They were really intense on the Tennessee offensive line. Even when Marcus Mariota finally got on rhythm, Kansas got the ball back with an interception from Marcus Peters. Now, when the Chiefs scored at the last minute, after a really smart play from Alex Smith and Demarcus Robinson, I thought the game was over, but I also got on the mind of the Titans players and coaches. I was like, is this last score going to motivate them or is it just going to shut them down and hurt their self-esteem? But it did motivate them, very much so. So everybody was also expecting to get Travis Kells back after that terrible concussion he had. But unfortunately for the Chiefs, he didn't come back to the game. And I think that was the moment where their offense started lacking great plays. The Titans just took advantage of that and they did something I only see in soccer, in Guardiola's Manchester City and Barcelona. They controlled the game through ball possession. That was so smart. The Titans defense stepped it up also though, but the offense was a major key. They started being more patient with the ball, making short plays, short passes to prevent another interception. This tactic was so successful that the Titans finally scored a touchdown. Even with some luck from Mariota, you know, it was a great offensive run. They were patient and handled it really well. Henry made great runs finally. Mariota made a smart play in a hostile environment, even if it ended with a lucky rebound from a Chiefs player. Did Mariota just made a pass to himself to score? That's what I was thinking. It was so crazy. Tennessee defense made some adjustments on the third. They made stops and Kelsey absence hurt the Chiefs more than expected. The Titans put the Kansas City defense to sleep with their possessions and short passes. Tennessee stepped it up on both sides of the ball. Henry showed what he was made of and Marcus Mariota guys, what a game. He was even blocking defenders to let Henry make great plays. That was so important to be that leader, to be the heart of your team and that was Mariota. That was Mariota, the heart of the Tennessee Titans. The Chiefs didn't make one single point in the second half. The Titans defense made huge adjustments. They put crazy pressure on Alex Smith and his offensive line. Even like that, Kelsey's concussion killed the Chiefs offense and they had just no reaction at all. Tennessee made a huge comeback, a smart offensive runs, great possession, short passes, good rushing, and Mariota played the game of his life. Beautiful game, good coaching and motivation from the head coach of the Tennessee Titans to make that beautiful and crazy comeback against the Kansas City Chiefs. Now guys, that same day, we had the NFC wildcard, the Atlanta Falcons against the Los Angeles Rams, two of the best offensive teams collided on this game. 
just from this fact, you know the best defense was going to win the match. So in the first quarter, it was all about the defense, but the Falcons ended up winning 6-0 because their defense forced the Rams to have more turnovers. And Atlanta have one of the best kickers in the league, Matt Bryant, so they could take advantage of that. That was the difference, Matt Bryant. The Falcons continued to make great plays. Devonta Freeman showing everybody why he is top running back in this league. But the Rams stepped it up in the second quarter. They made a lot of stops and they put crazy pressure on Matt Ryan, even getting some sacks. Robert Goff woke up from his sleep and started making big plays, same as Todd Gurley. The Rams even scored after a touchdown pass from Goff to Coop. Even Robert Woods, the Los Angeles wide receiver, started making highlight plays, enough plays to make one score on a really good Atlanta defense. On the third quarter, we saw the best duo of running backs in the league right now. Tevin Coleman and Devonta Freeman started making great plays, but for some reason, Atlanta couldn't score a touchdown, and that's when Matt Bryant came to save the night again with another field goal. This guy was amazing that night. He is so good, he even got a 54-yard field goal. It just came down to a great battle of duets. On this corner, Goff and Woods. On the other side, Ryan and Julio Jones. Beautiful battle, very fun to watch. Now guys, talking about that reversed call on the last touchdown by Higby, by the Rams, he did not have the control of the ball at all. I saw people blaming on the ref on this call. It was not a catch at all. So let's get that out of the way. Now the connection between Matt Ryan and Julio Jones gave Atlanta the edge to make it through a wild card weekend. The Falcons defense played a good game making stops when they needed them like the one in the last seconds. Now let me take a moment and say this to all the Rams fans out there. You guys have a good future ahead. Todd Gurley, Robert Goff, Robert Woods. I mean, you should be optimistic about this. Just give him some time. Next year is going to be better for sure. I guarantee that. Now let's speak about another good game. The Buffalo Bills at Jacksonville Jaguars with a score of 3-10 to 10 for the Jaguars. Now let me say something first. If you like offensive and vertical plays, maybe you did not like this game. But to people like me, who likes to see some high pressure defense, it was really fun to watch. We couldn't see Leonard Fournette or LaShawn McCoy on their highest level, but it was because these two teams studied each other so well that they knew that if you put pressure on the rushing game, the quarterback has to step up. And we all know, not the Jaguars, not the Bills, have amazing QBs that can kill pressure with a killer pass. So both teams stopped their best weapon, the running backs. Both defensive teams only allowed a field goal each. Field goals mean you had a great stop at the end zone and that's what both teams had. Good pressure from Jacksonville on Tyra Taylor whose offensive line has too many holes and the same as Blake Bottles. The defense on both teams was great, very intense and when you put so much pressure on the offensive line you make the quarterback release the ball quickly and when that happens the thrower gets sloppy and imprecision predominates. When the defense do that much pressure you need a Tom Brady or a Big Ben to make good passes under high pressure and Bottles and Taylor did not have the necessary precision to get 
out of the defensive blizzard. The third quarter finally had a change on the scoreboard. It went from 3-3 to 3-10 to for the Jaguars because while Buffalo was dropping passes and not helping Taylor at all, Jacksonville had a good possession and they scored a touchdown. Burnett finally woke up and did some damage. Bottles with some long-awaited precision to Kojak ended a great run from the Jaguars that finally got a reward. The Bills offensive line was absent. They never handled the pressure from the Jaguars defense. Great game from Bartles though. So many great rushes and passes. That was the difference today. Quarterbacks. Because both defenses played a good game. It was a matter of what QB will make the better plays and which one will have more precision. And Bartles was that top guy. Very happy for Tom Coughlin, the architect of these Jaguars, but I'm also concerned about Tyra Taylor's concussion and future at the Buffalo Bills. A special mention though to Jalen Ramsey, the Jaguars cornerback with two interceptions, one at the end to seal the deal for the Jaguars, great young player who has a tremendous future. And the last but not least, the most anticipated game of the wildcard weekend, Carolina Panthers at New Orleans Saints. This game was full of anticipation. It was Cam Newton against Drew Brees, two of the top quarterbacks in the league. Brees, a future Hall of Famer, and Newton trying to be considered an elite one. The game started really good for Carolina. The defense was making stops. Cam was feeling confident until Drew Brees started doing Drew Brees stuff. An 80-yard rocket ball touchdown pass to Ted Jean Jr. which shocked the whole Carolina Panthers organization. Now after this stunning touchdown from the Saints, Breeze got so confident and started making quick passes with precision. So much that in the second quarter, Drew Breeze made another touchdown pass to a great young talent. Michael Thomas. New Orleans punching in the mouth very early with no response from Newton and his squad. On the second half, Carolina went for a game, making touchdowns and gaining as close as 5 points, which led me to remember Graham Gano, Panthers kicker, who missed a short and easy field goal for him at the start of the first quarter and later made a 58-yard shot unexplainable unbelievable this guy started making every field goal that he attempted it but that first one really hurt the scoreboard for the panthers great game by olsen and mccaffrey such a good player a great prospect he can catch he can run he can do a lot of good stuff for this panthers team so the grounding call against cam newton I don't like to talk about the referees because I believe that if you make a good game, you won't need to blame anything on nobody. Even though the call was wrong, he was going to get sacked anyway. Nothing guarantees you that he was going to make a touchdown for Carolina. So if you play good football for at least three quarters, you can win a game without blaming losses on anybody. That's just my humble opinion. Now the Saints had the worst clock managing in the playoffs how are you gonna make three rushing plays when you know you have no good rushing game even after that trying to make a pass in the fourth down instead of just kicking the ball or at least try to pass it before the fourth down it's not like you have a QB with a 71 percentage of completions right just a thought so after all this wild wild card playoff weekend these are the divisional round matchups on the AFC 
we got Tennessee Titans at New England Patriots and Jacksonville Jaguars at Pittsburgh Steelers. On the NFC side, we have Atlanta Falcons at Philadelphia Eagles and New Orleans Saints at Minnesota Vikings. We're going to make predictions and analyze these following matchups on our next episode. This is it for today. Thank you guys for listening. This was Julian Madrid on You Will Love Sports.